What does VUCA mean? There's other small details I'm gonna have to leave out. Are your watch negotiations fake? Because he thinks they're fake. He was like, this is such bullshit. Wow. Yeah. Oh. This is fake news. You don't like the way it comes on, the, the way it sounds or the way it you know, looks. You know, you don't want to be on camera. Fine. A lot of guys don't want to show their hand. And how, was, how often do you deal with yeah. stolen and or fake watches? The obvious fakes you're not we're not really gonna get. We'll get the ones that are kind of like the ones that somebody put together to fool somebody because 99% of the people on 47th Street haven't got a clue. Uh, yes. Plenty of parking lot deals at night, you know, 2 a.m., 3 a.m. Atlantic City deals. Gas station deals. I never deals. told you about those. We're sitting right next to each other, super close this time. Yes, we are. How does it feel? It are feels, you nervous? No, it's just uncomfortable. <laughs> We're, there's a lot going on in the building today here at Sirhan headquarters in Soho. Um, and today's actually really, really special. We have very, very cool people. Not one, not two, but three, three. people here for Business of Influence. Um, we've been working on getting these guys here, but they're just too busy selling things all day long. Um, and we've we've put them all on one couch. And so I'm going to introduce them here in a second. But what is, what's what's the top thing on your mind? What's your emotion? Scale of one to 10. What, what do I have you on today? I'm on a 10 right now. I had a Massive cold brew, and I'm so excited because we're going to talk business today, which is, you know, the, what we love on this podcast. You drink cold brew? I did it, just black cold brew. Have you ever had cold brew before, or is this the first time? Uh, in this amount, I think this is the first time because I'm oh actually shaking right God. now. <laughs> Diego drank caffeine before he ran the marathon, and he went to the bathroom 52 times. That sounds wild. Yeah, so if that happens to you, <laughs> now we'll know. <laughs> Our next guest uh, actually completely changed my TikTok feed. It was like hula hoop girls and fitfluencers and lots of real estate. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, I guess I'm into watches now and seeing watches, watches and watches and watches. Um, John Buckley, 47th Street legend. We've got Tyler, founder of Vukum. Pronouncing it right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah. And James, the man behind the camera, are completely changing the way people buy and sell watches and are introduced to watches and learning about watches and the business of watches. Um, lots of cool things that we want to kind of uncover here and pull away. John also has a Rolex dial named after him. Yes. Which I want to go into, which is totally, totally insane. I want to figure out what Vukum means. I think there's, there's something there, uh, and figure out how this whole crew kind of came to be, how you got started. Um, are your watch negotiations fake? Cause he thinks they're fake. He was like, this is such bullshit. Wow. Yeah. Oh. This is fake yeah, news. There's YouTubers that do watches <laughs> that he's really into. And like, I, so you're here for, because of me, I just yeah. want to put that out there. That's why I pushed him away. <laughs> okay. Um, and that's why he got a haircut. Right. And I want to just dig into it. So welcome to the business of influence, welcome, man. Welcome. Thank you. Oh, Thanks for being here. I mean, I want to start with just that. What does VUCA mean? VUCAM has no direct meaning. VUCAM okay. is a word that I made up when I was 19 years old, and I just had to think of a business name. So I sat down at a laptop, and I was just like, thinking of words. I didn't want, you know, I could have named it something dial or, you know, sky watch or something yeah. stupid. But no, if you Google something like that, it, there's going to be other things that come up. So I sat there and I said, I have to think of a word that has no meaning yet. I gave it meaning, obviously. There was, nice. I mean, there was, there's other small details I'm gonna have to leave out, but yeah. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. So it's just, just a word that you made up. I like yeah. that. Yeah, right. Yeah, that works. And how did you all, how did this come to be? And then we'll peel this back. <laughs> I think we gotta have Buckley tell the story. Buckley, tell the story. I'll tell the story. So it was like first or second grade, I wanna say, and yeah. we went to the same elementary school. And I don't, we weren't in the same class yet. So we were two random people in the going. 
random people. Random people. Yeah. Didn't know each other. Didn't know okay. each other. So he was not your real estate agent. No, not not even close. <laughs> no, no, no. So I'm going to the bathroom one day, and <laughs> true story. Going to the bathroom one day, and I'm obviously going into a stall. I open the stall. He's sitting there taking a shit, and I'm like, "Oh, hey." He's like, "What? What do you What do you want?" <laughs> and then I'm just like. Bye. So I shut the door and it was really awkward. Shut the door. Saw so him maybe a week or so later in the hallway or whatever. And then he's like, hey, like, you want to be friends? <laughs> yeah. I'm just like. That's actually the story. Yeah, and I'm, then we had a play date. Yeah. We had a play date and my mom made mac and cheese and that's what happened. And then my parents came to pick me yeah. up and they met uh, Buckley and his wife, Josephine. Yeah. And they, I guess they hit it. They, you guys hit it off. I'm We've sure. Been family friends. Yeah. Family friends ever, ever since. since. Yeah. That's crazy. So I, I kind of stalked you guys. I, I went to the bottom of your for you page of nice. your TikTok pages. It's good stuff. I saw that you started posting on June of 2020, and you were posting jewelry oriented content. So how yeah. did you all get to the the watch world? Uh, it was it was always watches, but you know I, th- I think you and I actually started doing jewelry just because it was cheaper. We could buy more At first, things yeah. to you know to have an inventory. Am I wrong? Yeah, for like friends or people we knew or whatever that needed a chain, needed a bracelet, needed yep. something, we would hustle and sell that stuff to them because it was affordable, it was easy to move out. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how that started. That's how Yeah, I think uh, if, if you go down there on the on the feed there, it's maybe only three posts before 2021 because I, I started really getting serious about it uh, January or February of 2022. So I've really only been on there for a year. Before that, just kind of sporadic. Yeah, exactly. Like I think it's seriously like three or four posts, maybe if that. And then things just started to take off from there. Yeah, well, a lot of hard work. Uh, at first, it's you know you, you post something and you just see if it works, and a lot of things weren't working. And then I started posting these videos of watches where I'd be like, POV, you're buying this watch for your sister's graduation, graduation yeah. or, or whatever, like. whatever. And then I don't know, those were just stupid, but they started blowing up a little bit, like twenty, thirty thousand views. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna double down on these, so I started posting more of those. And then, you know, just experimenting with other things and you just double down on things that work. Day in the life videos, those work too. And then negotiations. So yeah. your videos are getting millions of views now, which oh, is yeah. ridiculous. It's wild for TikTok. Congrats. <laughs> Thank and you. you guys are working together on that. You're getting millions of views mm-hmm. as well, which is wild. You, The three of you combined, it's millions. Yeah. How did you start Hundred, working together? When was it that? What's that? I said hundreds of millions. Hundreds of millions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't fuck up the number. <laughs> no, we're getting close I mean, to a billion we soon. Are. Well, we I'm might already like be there collectively, yeah. honestly. Collectively, I don't know. Collectively, yeah. If we if not, count both of our accounts, it might be a billion. So how did you all, st- who's you, you started TikTok first, right? Yeah. Okay. And then when did you follow and when did you get involved in filming and everything? He, well, I started filming just the regular videos of the watches probably last, last January, February, and then either in March or April, one day I'm just, I'm talking to one of these guys and we're, you know, I'm negotiating on a watch and I'm just like, Buck. What if, what if you just film this and we post it and just see what happens? So he films it. I post it. Got like 2 million views. And then it got taken down. So I reposted it. That next one got 1.5 million views. And then they reinstated the one that got taken down. So I was like, okay, so something's working. So then we just, you know, every time we're doing business, I'm just like, Buck, film this. And then they just started popping off. That's, that's how we did it. The negotiations real are you telling people in front of you like hey thousand percent real like are you totally cool with us filming you and putting you on social buying a watch from us we we would just do it and then if they were like "Mm, no camera then we're like all right buck put the camera away but you know as they started seeing we were gaining popularity they were becoming more and more open to it open to being on camera got it got it yeah we i mean 
for million dollar listing in New York for like 10 years, we would run into the same thing. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, do you want to put this deal on on the show? Yeah. We were to film that. I mean, there wouldn't be cameras with me 24 seven. And I didn't mm -hmm. have just like a, a buck. Yeah. Right, right there. It was like a whole production that way. Um, but then as the show started gaining popularity, then people would start reaching out like, hey, thinking about selling my home. My mom's a real estate broker, but if I could be on TV with it, I'll do it through you. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yep. Are you starting to see some of that same effect now? Yeah. People hit us up. Uh, Yo, can you come see what I have? And, you know, maybe we can make a deal. I'm like, yeah, sure. Stop by. To buy their watches. Yeah. Buy or sell if they want have something like specific that they want to buy. And if I have it. What's your favorite negotiation so far? I like when, when there's stuff wrong with stuff that I could just pick apart. That's what I really like. Like finding value. Well, I like to find like, you know, little, you know, discrepancies in like what people think they have compared to what they actually have. And I, I'm pretty good at that. I've been doing it for a long time. And I mean, negotiation wise, I mean, I did the same thing when I saw that they were doing it. We started doing, James and I, you know, that's my son. Yes. So I started doing like, you know, just like informative stuff. And one video that we did hit like, you know, few hundred thousand views, you know, with a bracelet that was real and one that wasn't. So we kind of figured that, you know, we have something here. And then I noticed that his negotiations were, you know, they were picking up steam. And, you know, I have, you know, a different set of people that I usually dealt with and they were very hesitant about doing it. And I was like, look, you know, if you don't like the way it comes on, the, the way it sounds or the way it, you know, looks, you know, you don't want to be on camera. Fine. A lot of guys don't want to show their hand. Yeah. So it's, you got to be kind of particular about who you pick to, you know, to put on. Cause we do a lot of videos that we just scrap because the guy's like, oh no, it was too much money. Oh, it's too low. It's like, all right, fine. Here, here's your check. We're not, we'll delete it. No problem. But the guys that we've been doing it with for a while are, you know, they, you know, Little Eddie, Albert, you know, Yasha, Tony, you know, those guys, you know, we do business. We've been doing business every day for over 20 years. So, you know, we get on there and I tell James, it's like, look, just start the camera, let it roll. Whatever happens, happens. If we do a deal, great. If we don't do a deal, that's fine too. And that's what we've been doing. You know, we do one take and, you know, however it comes, it comes. And uh, that's what kind of, you know, got us to, you know, a lot of views because people would kind of understand, you know, the organic nature of it, sure. you know, it's authentic. And, you know, we get a lot of, you know, we get a lot of pushback from people who don't understand 47th Street. Yeah. You know, 47th Street is a world unto itself, just like this aware. building yeah. is a world unto itself. That's the way it is over there. So, yeah. No, it's yeah. one block. Yeah. I mean, my first office, real estate office, was on 49th and Madison. Mm -hmm. I spent a lot of time just walking back and forth and mm -hmm. looking inside the bin, like, man, these buildings are deep. They're deep. Yeah. So many floors, oh, so yeah. many people. It's a community, right? You know, these people. I've, I've noticed on your TikTok pages, you've negotiated, like, I, I have a couple of names I remember. Dora, she stands out. <laughs> like, these people, they're people you've worked with for so long. Yes. But I found it very curious that the majority of your negotiations were with other brokers. Yeah. What is the reason for that? And is it more difficult to work with a broker or with a client, a direct client? We're wholesale. I'm a wholesale guy. Wholes I don't really work with anybody like private buyers or sellers. We can, you know, it's just a whole other level of, you know, doing business. You know, I deal with pretty much the same people, you know, all day, every day for, I don't know, God knows how many years. You know, it's difficult dealing with the public. So how does the price, uh, trust me, we understand that. Mm -hmm. I'm working real estate. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> but how does the price differ when you're working? For example, I'm sure you guys are selling to other brokers mm -hmm. and it's 
I'm sure you don't have to pay taxes on some of this, that stuff, right? We pay at the end of the year. At the, okay, well, at yeah. the end of the year, right? So how does it work uh, when you're buying? Are you buying from these large watch companies? How does that work exactly? What do the percentages look like generally? The percentages are not what people think. I mean, you know, everybody thinks that if you're selling a $50,000 watch, you know, you're making $10,000 and it's just the opposite. The more money the watch is, the less, you know, your, your percentage is that you're actually going to make. Sure. You know, you make way more money on smaller items. You know, mm -hmm. your, your, your percentages are much better. And people, you know, when you're dealing with the public, if you're, this is the reason why I don't like dealing with the public. When you're selling something to a dealer or a broker, as you say, you know, they understand that, you know, you're buying it, you're selling it, there it is, you know, I've got my own service crew, they've got their own service crew, we don't have to worry about things, especially when it's pre-owned stuff. When you sell to a person, you know, we call them privates, you know, the guy's going to get it, he's going to take it home and put it on his $100 watch timer, which is useless, and they'll say, wait a minute, it's not running within chronometer specs. I'm like, do you know what chronometer specs really are? You know, you've got to go crown up, crown down, face up, face down. It's like, oh no, I put it on the timer and it's saying that it's running, you know, seven minutes, seven seconds fast for the day. I'm like, you know, you should really just look at your cell phone and, and put the watch <laughs> in a drawer. I mean, you know, that's the difference between dealing with the public. I mean, obviously there are many, many, you know, professional collectors, I call them. That's what I consider myself that we sell to overseas and in the US that understand that completely. And they're buying it like people would buy art. Yeah, it's investment. You know, and that's, or, or real estate for that matter. Yeah. They buy it warts and all, they want it for a reason. And that's what we, you know, that's what I personally like to deal with. I like it easy. I'm old, you know, this is, I got all this gray hair for a reason. I used to sell to the public many years ago and it, it's difficult. It's very difficult. What, what watch are you wearing right now? Apple watch. Yeah. Wait, you're all wearing, what watch are you wearing? Yeah. You're I'm not even wearing a watch. No, I'm wearing a Vukum uh, wristband actually. Okay, so at least you're on brand. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> He's got the T, right? Oh yeah. Oh, oh no. Got my, oh, you got the yeah. ready? Yeah. All right. How did you get into the watch business? I was actually a caseworker in Bushwick. Oh. And um, I, the story goes, if you look on TikTok, yeah. I, I lived on Clinton Street with my wife in our brownstone and I was recycle day and I always liked watches. And this is like 97 and I walked downstairs and I looked down at a recycle bin with paper and there were these catalogs on top and I saw watches and one of them was thick and there was a couple of other ones. And I was like, oh wow, look at this. So I grabbed them and I went on to my job over on uh, Central Avenue in Bushwick. And I was looking through them and eBay had just started to become a thing. Yeah. And I was like, wow, I wonder, you know, if I put this on eBay, if I can make some money with it. Put it on eBay and it sold for 40 bucks. And this light bulb went off in my head. And it was like, okay, this is free money. So I tried to get more catalogs. I went to the auction house. I was like, hey, do you have any extra catalogs? I had my staff call up, you know, in the back of the DuPont registry and the Rob report, they would call up Tourneau and other watch companies and get all the stuff shipped to the office. And I would sell it on um, on eBay. And I came up with the down payment for our first house nice. with that. Yeah, it was crazy, crazy. And then I just, you know, gravitated towards, you know, bigger and better things. I started buying watches and buying parts and putting them on eBay. And uh, in the early days, eBay was great. And I kind of stopped doing eBay around 2002, 2003, when it became saturated, yeah. you know, very much like TikTok these days. And you just move on to you know different stuff. But I always sold watches and that's what I did. 
you know, and I've been doing it now, wow, since 97. When did you go full? Which you like ever like full, okay, watches are my focus. Okay, I put the down payment on the house yep. and we moved to New Jersey. He was six months old. Yep. And I was working actually in Bushwick at the, uh, at in, um, which, which YMCA? It was one of the YMCAs. I was running a program there. I had my own hours. I could do whatever I want. I would come in two or three days a week, but the drive was really killing me. Yeah, brutal. And I said, yeah, it was brutal. And I said, you know what? I'm going to give this a go. So I handed in my paperwork and been doing it ever since. Got it. And I was, you know, it was hard. You know, it's very hard. You know, you you see how it is. Yeah. It's difficult. Both of them. I mean, you he put grew a picture up in business. Me it's when hard. I was like 18, right before I started. And now I just look like a completely different person. Just in terms of levels of happiness. Like, like I've, like I've been, aged? like I've been through the oh, ring. Cause you, why do you think that is? Because you living the life of a broker. Like, I don't, I don't even. It's stress, stress. Right. It's stressed. Maybe yeah. stress and just, I don't know. I don't know. What does a day in your life look like? <laughs> it depends what day we're talking about. And if it's a weekend, if it's a day we're going into the city, if it's a day that we're working from home, it all just depends on, you know. It's like a Monday. What What's Monday, a Monday I usually, like <laughs> If it's a Monday, I usually went to Atlantic City on the Sunday night. <laughs> and I probably just got home Monday morning. <laughs> um, so, you know, get home probably around 6 a.m. And then <laughs> sleep, sleep till maybe like, you know, noon or one, you know. Um, Wake up, have a cup of coffee, take a piss. Yep. And then just appreciate the detail. Start, start buying stuff, start buying watches and having them shipped to the Jersey office. That's seriously, everybody wants to know, ooh, I meditate in the morning and <laughs> I run on the treadmill and I, I drink a half a gallon of water before I even get out of bed. That's and, me. What? Oh, I don't <laughs> check my phone the first hour of the day. No, I, you know, I get up, I piss and I drink coffee and I go. That's, that's what we do. You start flipping watches. Yeah. Yeah. And then if we go to the city, then it's a completely different type of day. Oh, that's way worse. Yeah, that's just that's that's like <laughs> that's nuts. That's city city days get nuts. Yeah. So something I Tell saw on your it. TikTok yeah. pages that you guys do is you walk around and you say hi to everyone, and you you spoke about the importance oh, yeah. mm -hmm. of yep. building the community. He told me that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Oh, well, I mean, what are some of the key points that you've learned from him over the last couple of years? Because he's obviously a great mentor. A great mentor. Uh, you know, that was obviously one of them. Is yeah. you know, you're looking at these. You got to look at them as people first, not just, you know, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to make 500 bucks off this guy and a thousand bucks off that guy. You know, you got to, you know, you got to look at each person individually and get to know them. And, you know, that's one of the main things I've learned so far in, in, in all business is just, you know, look at people as people and not, you know, paychecks or dollar signs. Yeah. Something I've always said forever. And I, I did a show on Bravo about, about teaching people how to sell, which is like, people hate being sold, but they love shopping with friends, right? So if yep. you treat everyone like a, they're, they're not leads, they yep. turn into contacts, right. they're all relationships. Eventually they're going to turn to you and say, oh, what, what do you think I should buy? Yep. Right. Cause they're going to buy it anyway. There's, there's guys on to buy it through you. Yeah. There's guys in the street that, you know, someone will come over and try shopping with them and they'll just be and like, yeah, yeah. just kind of shoo, shoo them away. And you know, that's just not what we're about. Something I've noticed on almost all your transactions is that you kind of trust the other brokers in the community with. Oh, yeah. you're like, oh, I'll leave you this watch here. Just get me the check later. Mm -hmm. How do, is there, a, obviously there's a community, but how how does that trust form with everyone? Is Are people protective? Uh, well, with the people that you see me doing that with, we've been doing business for four, four and a half years now. So I yeah. just, I have that relationship with them. Also, you can kind of ask around. Uh, we have different dealer group chats on WhatsApp and Telegram. And you could ask, you know, is this person okay to, to leave a watch with or, if we're shipping a watch, can, can I ship this watch to this person without getting paid? And, you know, as long as they've done good business, then 
they're pretty they're pretty good. So it's very reputation based. People oh, the whole thing is reputation based. Yeah, if you if you have one yeah. mess up, then you know it's it's pretty much over for you. And it happens. <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. people, people with great reputations for what 15, 20 uh, years, and 20 then they just ruin it off one they, thing. Yeah. Leave with millions, and, yeah. you know. And the funny thing is, then they'll come back a couple of years later. Mm -hmm. They'll you know grease the right palms. And they're back in business. Yeah. And it's, you know, they'll go insolvent in a company and, you know, start up another company. It's like, I can never understand that. How could yeah, you walk yeah. the street? How could you look at people? And it happens a lot yeah. in our mm. business. Same. I mean, the same in real estate too. Oh, yeah. It's, it's very developers similar. Developers who go bankrupt and lose everybody's yep. money and then yep. they go away and they come back and all of a sudden, up nope, doing a new building. And like, yeah, but last time, like, you forgot insulation. Yeah. And this building... Like you good? Mm -hmm. <laughs> no. You good? You know, that's you know, different markets. There's a, there's a lot of rules and regulation yep. in New York, but markets like South Florida and different places, mm -hmm. like you see these buildings, they can just get built, and it's you know it's like greed first yeah. for a lot of people. Yeah, that way. That's how the watch business is. It's it, a lot of guys, you know, a lot of the newer newcomers, he had the benefit and well, he grew up in the business. He grew up around the business because we we're all very close. Yes. So he understands, you know values and ethics well, when it can comes I just to jump into real quick yeah, with please. what he just said um about you know greed first I, I i was at flea markets before this so i was over there just trying to make a quick dollar and and he picked up on that right away right when i started coming in with him and he's like ty you gotta remember what you said to me you're like it, this is about you know building relationships not about making a fast dollar like you know you could sell a watch for a bunch of money and boom you just made you just made money but it's more about you know you want to give everybody a fair deal and that's, that's another thing that, that he taught me too, that if you want to go back to that topic of, uh, I mean, it's that, so yeah, important. Things, he, you, things yeah. he mentored me and yeah. that's another good uh, key one, point. There's another big one where what? you always say like your reputation's only as good as your ability to give a quick refund. That's yeah. like num rule number one. Rule yeah, number one. Shit. It's yeah. like, that is the staple. It's like mm -hmm. your reputation relies on that, you know? So how, good to how often do people ask for refunds? Dealers very infrequently, but if you're dealing with the public, I mean, you'll sell somebody something, they'll drive you nuts for two weeks asking for something very specific and you find it for them and mm. you'll ship it to them and, you know, they'll get it. They'll, oh, it's great. And then like a day or two later, you know, you'll get a text or an email saying, oh, you know, I'm really not crazy about it. You know, my wife said this or, you know, yeah, the dog yeah. ate my homework. And I'll be like, look, just send it back. You know, we don't, we're not going to overcharge somebody to the point where we're not going to take something back. You know, if I'm going to make two or 3% on, on a watch, okay, on a big watch, I'll buy it back. You know, I usually give people a buyback on stuff if they're, you know, privates. And like I said, it's very infrequent, but I'll be like, look, I'm going to buy this back from you. If you hold it for a year, I'll give you this buyback on it one way or another, no matter what happens in the market. Sometimes they'll take you up on it. Sometimes they won't. But, you know, like James said, you know, your reputation, you can't build it back up in this racket. I mean, even if you come back and you're 10 times bigger than you were, you know, the first time, if you screw up, it's like, they will, oh, like guys like me, I'll be like, yeah, but like, just like what you said, yeah. you, know, you didn't put the insulation in the walls, you know, I mean, uh, what are you going to do with me now? So it's bad. How many, how many watches do you have? I don't have a lot of watches. I'm not a watch collector. I'm not one of those guys. You're moving them pretty quickly. I go in and I've got maybe one piece that's one or two pieces that are untouchable. Uh, the first Rolex I ever bought and the first good watch I ever got, my wife bought for me at Macy's at Tag Heuer nice. in 1996. And I still have them in a box. He wears my two-tone all the time because I don't know, he's got his own watches, but he always likes to wear that for yeah. some reason. And I, I maybe two or three other watches that I have. I, I, bought, um, I bought a very specific watch 
um, that I had been chasing for like, I don't know, 10 years. This watch that was, you know, given by the founder of Rolex to a proprietor in Switzerland many, many years ago. That's the one that I did the deal with the, um, with the, the estate. The guy finally paid, the guy was going back and forth with me for years. The watch was probably, I don't know, it was 50 grand, 75 grand. Then the guy passed away. May he rest in peace. He was a very nice guy, but he had something that I really wanted and he knew it. And I wound up buying it off the estate. Yeah. And I don't know whether that's untouchable. I mean, one of these days I'll probably throw it in an auction. That's the Wilsdorf watch. Okay. And if I throw it in an auction and I make money on it, great. But I kind of like just having it locked up on 47th Street. You know, it just makes me feel warm and fuzzy. My first watch that I bought in New York City was was a, a Rolex uh, that I got on Canal Street. It was a fake Rolex. Because I, I saw all these top brokers mm -hmm. running around and they yeah. all had Rolexes. That was the thing. Like if you're there and, you know, back then, and this is 2008, 2009, and I'm sure well before then, it's like the broker owners, you know, once you hit a certain dollar amount sold, you know, they would like gift you a Rolex. Yeah. You know, like that was just like, the, it was like a the rite of passage mm -hmm. and I had no patience. It's like, I don't know. <laughs> I can't wait for the, I can't wait for the rite of passage. I want this now. Rolexes are how much? I don't okay, I don't have that. I'm doing like rentals in Koreatown. So I went and got one that looks good from far away. And so I would just keep people far away. And I'd like I put it underneath like my my you know my 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 sleeve and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then it would start turning my wrist green. Ooh. Because it's so hot and sweaty in New York City, yeah. right? So I'd be in a suit and tie running around showing rentals with like a green wrist. <gasps> nice. It's terrible. Yeah, it was uh it was a moment in time. It builds character. You did. Yeah, it did. <laughs> it forced me to like, I got to work really hard so I could afford one that's real. When did you get your first real one? My first real Rolex um, for the year. So I, I guess I still lived on Pine Street. So I lived downtown. So I not moved yet. So that was 2000. I want to say 2012 then. Um, probably hadn't moved. And it was a moment where like, I was, start, I was starting to sell a lot of real estate. I was selling mm -hmm. apartments every week now right? Instead of like one a month or like here and there. So selling apartments uh, every week. And I walked, I was in a mall in a, like in an airport in, in Florida. And I walked by, I can't even remember what the jewelry store was called, but there was a rose gold Daytona in there. And I walked by and I was like, are these for sale? And they said, yes. And I don't think I, I, you know, it's what the Rolex is. That's the, the line that you always get when you go into like the act, like the, the stores and the malls is oh, like, we don't negotiate. Like this mm -hmm. is the price, take it or leave it. Mm. And so I was just like the worst buyer ever. I said, sure. <laughs> and so I <laughs> Listen. just bought it there. And so I've had it for, yeah, a long wow. time now. That's a big boy watch. I mean, it's no joke. Yeah, it was like, it was like 30, yeah. I think, like on a credit card that I then like had, and it just weighed my arm down wow. on the plane. And then I hit it because then I was so embarrassed. Afterwards, I was like, what did I, I can't, I can't walk around with this thing. It's so like, I don't know. It just, it almost kind of had the reverse effect. I take it out like here, here and there, but Rolex as a brand, mm -hmm. like still nothing to this day has really touched it, right? Nope. Is Never. it still your most popular watch you deal with? Like by far or close by to far. it? By far, it's the benchmark. Why? Like, for the same reason that you, you know, had to go out and buy one on Canal Street. It's like, if I have this on my wrist, it gives me credibility, you know, in, you know, among my peers or, you know, with clients or with just the public. And that's what people, you know, aspire to. They want to have that, you know, that status symbol that's on your wrist. It's like if you go into somebody's house, okay, up yeah. on Park Avenue yeah. and they've got, you know, yeah. a Kahlo or Basquiat on their wall. It's like, oh, 
you go like that, yeah. you know, but it's so much more portable and so much more, you know, and now everybody's dialed into it, which is the thing, no pun intended, but <laughs> it's like, everybody's so, you know, like keyed up on it. It's like, oh my God, everybody's looking. It's like, I'm looking at you. You've got a Vacheron that you're wearing over there. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. That's a nice watch. Yeah. Okay, but I, I'm in this business, but I guarantee you, you walk into a restaurant, yeah. the bus boy, the waitress. No, they have no idea. You know, the, oh no, they have every idea. And oh. that's, yeah. They'll, oh, the Vacheron or the Rolex? Well, I mean, oh, it's Vacheron, a that's, that's a very, you know, specific <laughs> watch. I mean, you'll notice that watch from across the street. And people these days, you know, and in New York, it's very, very, it's not like it used to be. I mean, we don't wear watches anymore because of, you know, a lot of the theft that goes on, you yeah. know, for security reasons. And, you know, I've got to set the example with them or else, you know, maybe they'd be walking around with big diamond watches Especially on Especially given the following now on social and TikTok. Yeah, we saw like Kim Kardashian in Paris years ago, right? Yeah. Like, oh, you're the watch guy. How many watches do you have on you right now? Yeah, right. exactly. And you see people like getting shot in yeah. LA and yeah. in the city now, mm -hmm. grabbing their watches off their yep. wrists. Right it's off in, their wrist. We get all of those, you know, videos because a lot of times, you know, we know the people <laughs> that it happened to and they'll Same. send us serial numbers. If you, if anything pops up in New York, you know, please hold it, confiscate it. It's it's a crazy world right now out there. And how, was, how often do you deal with yeah. stolen and or fake watches? Fakes are more common, you know, like the obvious fakes you're not, we're not really gonna get. We'll get the ones that are kind of like the ones that somebody put together to fool somebody, yeah. you know, which are really dangerous because 99% of the people on 47th Street haven't got a clue. Yeah. And, I, and I say that lovingly to all of them. It's like, you don't have a clue. Yeah. You know, you don't know what you're really looking at. We usually will find something that's, you know, not right very quickly. You know, I mean, I'll look at it, I'll feel it. And what happens is, People don't know, yeah. you know, they, they, they don't know. It's not that they, you know, they did it purposely, but you know, a lot of the dealers, you know, they're buying and selling really quickly and they just don't know, you know, and then it'll come across my desk. I mean, you know, that a, a known dealer sent him a watch oh, yeah. a week or uh, two weeks ago yep. that had, you know, had a bad case, which is somebody did it to fool somebody, Ooh. you know, it so was a tell. Yeah. The case is bad. The case is bad. And the way that he, I mean, the face was no, the dial was yeah, the no dial good. That's funny what, to me. So I, I went over to his house. It's like, yo, does this look okay to you? Yeah. <laughs> and the case was, I mean, Rolex cases, they're supposed to be 18 karat gold. The minute I looked at it compared to the bracelet, bracelet was real. Movement was real, ah. you know, but the case You made was, a video on this, right? Yeah, I did I watched video. it, yeah. Yeah, nice. yeah you yeah, saw yeah. it. And I it was like, it. oh my God. And the know, guy I, was, was the guy in the video, like in the back and he was just like, oh. Was that the right video? No, no, that was him. Oh, I'm sure I was just filming. Oh, filming. Yeah, but I mean, a lot of people aren't going to notice the difference in the color between the 14 carat and the 18 carat. And I scratched it, and it, and it came up 14 carat. We had one, Oof. one of the biggest yeah. videos that we did. It was the same kind of deal. A guy brought a watch to one of the dealers on 47th Street. They brought it to me, and he's like, "Oh, how much would you pay for this?" I'm like, "All right, something's not something's not right." That one was like 10 carat gold or something. It didn't even scratch right. Mm. And that's what happens, you know, it, it, you gotta be very careful. So what do you do in that situation? You're just out or you ask for well, a refund you, or you- We didn't pay, the yeah, the zero, they sent it to me on memo. So, well, not memo, like when I sell it, I pay for it on memo, they send it to me and then I look at it and then I pay for them. Got yeah. it, um, so you got it and then you send it back. Yeah, I usually pay within the same day or the next day. But, so you guys are shipping $40,000 plus watches oh, yeah. just through yeah. the mail? Yeah. Oh no. We, no, well, no, not, not we do mail. FedEx no, insured. Yeah. FedEx, if it's, FedEx really, if it's over a hundred thousand, we'll use like an armored carrier, Malka Ahmed, okay. 
Brinks or any of those, but we try to keep everything, you know, on the street because mm. we're not running around. People think we're running around with, you know, bags right. of watches, you know, mm-hmm. everything stays on 47th street. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they'll see me with my red bag and it's like, okay, here, you want to open my bags and my checkbook, there's tools, there's, <laughs> you know, tools. all kinds of crap. There are a loop, a loop, a loop. Yeah, we got about all kinds in there of stuff now. in it, but nothing leaves the street, you know? And what's and, the best investment for yeah. someone who wants to start investing in watches today? Specifically in Rolex. By real estate. real estate. <laughs> no. Um, that's why we're here. Yes, no, exactly. listen, uh, <laughs> that's no joke. I mean, real estate is important. I've been preaching that. I Listen, I preach that to both of them. You know, it's like, once you come up, listen, buying and selling watches is a wonderful thing. And it's a great living. I've made lots of money doing it. Okay. Yeah. But what I always do, you know, the next step is always real estate. Yeah. I mean, that's what you buy. You know, you buy dirt. And I'm really good at buying dirt. Yeah. And he bought some good dirt. Really did. You know, I had it might explode. It, nah. I don't know. I'm going to live in it and take the it's risk. A it, and it came with a free cat. Oh, yeah. Can, can I tell, can I tell the story? Yeah. Okay. So, so just first house. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I just bought my first house. Um, <laughs> so the, the lady had dementia that sold it to me. Um, <laughs> how do I know this? Because she wanted to meet me. Uh, she wanted to meet you know, who the house was going to because okay. she, she raised her family in it okay. and she just, she wanted to meet me and, and show me some things. And, you know, she showed me where the bird bath was and, you know, the bird feeder and she left me a box of bird feeder, but there's a cat. And she told me about, there was two cats. She was able to take one and she, she's like, they're laughing because it's just, it's so ridiculous. Like only this would happen to me. So there were two cats that she told me like, Hey, like I might leave these cats because they won't let me touch them. Like I put food out, they eat the food and then that's it. I cannot touch them. So I was like, huh, like I thought she was joking. Like I, I, I don't expect her to leave cats. So, you know, I'm a uh, closing day. I pick up a box of twisted teas. Don't make fun of me. And they're I'm so like, good. yes, they're good. They're right? so good. <laughs> so I pull, I pull up to the house. Have them, I'm sitting there like, what did I just do? I just bought a house. <laughs> and all of a sudden I just see a fucking, sorry, kickers. I just yeah. saw a fucking cat dart across the floor. I'm like, what the fuck was that? Inside cat. the house. Inside the house. So, so you just bought and closed on. Yes. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Another story while I was, uh, a couple of days before I closed the final walkthrough. No, wait, this wasn't a final walkthrough. I had my final walkthrough the same day. She took the washer and dryer with her. She wasn't supposed to. Yeah. Just saying. Do people do that all yeah. the time. I'm like, oh, what that are you was doing? a whole problem. But uh, anyway, so, you know, one of the few days before we left or before we closed on the house, the, me and the real, estate, the real estate agent and I are standing by the cars. And I'm talking to him like this, and he's looking at me from this way, and the house is this way. And he's like, dude, turn around, turn around, turn around. I'm like, wow, wow, wow. I turn around, and she's like in the garage talking to herself. And I was like, oh, fuck. So it could be haunted. We don't know. We don't know yet. I haven't slept there yet. I'm sleeping there tomorrow. How do I turn this? Oh. Goodness. Yeah. Good luck. Thank you. I've been, I've been setting never it up. make another watch talk after that, and we'll yeah. know what happened. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah, the cat or the, the cat, the cat or the ghost. You. What's the <laughs> hard, hard, pivot, hard pivot here? Um, what's the what's the craziest deal you guys have done, each of you? Like, so you guys crazy would just be our regular day. Like, that's why he I would have has some crazy particular. stories. Like what? Oh, this isn't about me. <laughs> Here's a hard just, pivot. Yeah, I just I've had to. Uh, I mean, you know, like just the most random things. Like you, you have to end up traveling to hunt people down. You got people. Yeah deal with a lot of people who are liars and all of a sudden money shows up. Mm-hmm. Whose money is this? You deal with like FBI raids on properties. Nice. That's right? new. Sort of like yes. white collar crime. We do a lot of like Department of Justice sales. Wow. We deal with um, 
Uh, and then like to, to get deals closed, there's things where like you mm -hmm. take a lot of risk. Like you guys, what I appreciate a lot about you guys is a lot of times you're like, you're taking the investment and then banking on what you know about the product, hoping to make a return, mm -hmm. right? Otherwise you're just gonna have a lot of stuff. Yeah. Right. Whereas for us, we're just, we're, we're, you know, we're not the developers, we're not building them. We're, we're just brokering it. But mm -hmm. you know, in cases where I've been like, okay, pretty sure this guy's going to do it. I guess I'll go to China and convince him or I'll go and do this, or I'm going to buy this thing, or I'm going to, I fronted deposits before and like, just hope to God that they've, they've funded it because the money's gotten stuck. Wow. Like stuff like that, just to keep things moving. Yeah. I don't know. But like the watch world is very different. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It's a different, like it's a different world. You should just go up on 47th Street and just like mm -hmm. hang there for a little while. I, I told them I, I will do you that. You guys are I'm welcome to come I'm anytime. Always welcome. Yeah. I will do that. You I guys have... see crazy things. Oh my God. You have to wear yeah. all black. Right? <laughs> and you just have to hang out there. You'll be good to go. Yeah. Drop in from the drop ceiling. Like, yeah. 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 <laughs> so what's, what, give me any, what's a crazy deal that comes to mind? Uh, yes. Uh, plenty of parking lot deals at night, you know, 2 a.m., 3 a.m. Atlantic City deals. I never told you about those. Yeah, thanks. Please don't. Really I saw like, you go to the train station to trade a watch. Yeah, that's just normal though. That's like you know we're just going to a train station in the middle of the day. Like that's that's pretty safe. Yeah, you know, side of the turn. Yeah, Sorry, the side turn of the road, road one time. You know, wow. driving up into like houses and stuff. But the yeah, thing. I made it out. So that's yeah, pretty good so right far. Now. Knock on wood. Yeah. So. We, you know, <laughs> yeah, no, it's what? very. Uh, that's the first I've ever seen that. You ever seen that? No, He's start doing <laughs> that now. Oh, all right, okay, Miami. I set a trend right. on that one. Huh? <laughs> all right, this is New York. Oh God, we meet people. I've always been one of these people that I will do whatever I have to do to make the deal work. Yeah, mm. I was buying gold. I had these guys early, early on when I started. They came and I sat in a diner on Route Nine in Manalpin Diner. And I bought gold off these guys. They had a bag full of like baby rings, little cheap 14 carat stuff. I sat there, I scratched every piece. It was like 10, 15 grand. I tipped the waitress because we knew everybody there. They took their money and they left. About five years later, and you'll remember this, guy calls me up, I was like, hey, you know, you bought a bunch of gold off of my brother years ago. At a diner. At a diner. And I'm like, yeah, sure, I remember. I was like, oh, how much? I, I knew who it was. Yeah, yeah. So, He's like, hey, would you come up? And I have a bunch of gold over here. Could you come to my house and buy the gold? I'm like, yeah, sure. Where do you live? Gives me the address. It's in the projects in New Jersey. I Google the address. And his dad's an ex-cop. Yeah. Okay. I call his dad. I'm like, hey, Doug, what do you think? You want to take a ride with me? He's like, you're crazy. I'm not going up there. <laughs> I'm like, all right. So I'm trying to find somebody to take a ride with me. Nobody wants to take a ride with me. Okay. I'm want like, to get this deal done. I, I was like, I'm getting the deal done. I was like, okay, fine. So it was up in Irvington, New Jersey. Yeah. And I had just gotten my, I had a new car. Okay. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going. And if anything happens, you know, if you don't hear from me in 20 minutes or so, once I call you from outside the place, call the cops, here's the address. <laughs> I don't know who I told that to. I think I, I can't remember who it was. I didn't tell it to my wife because my wife would, would have flipped out. Yeah. I didn't tell it to your dad either. So I drive up. And I see the building and it's in the projects. And I pull up and a guy comes running down the stairs towards me. And I'm like, oh, this God. is it. <laughs> so he comes out, he knocks on my door. And I, was, I, I just got, I just got um, an S class. Guy knocks on my window. I'm like, here we go. He's like, hey, you're here to see, um, I think his name was Brian. I'm like, yeah. He's like, here, I'll watch your car. I'm like, okay. 
I'm like, here you go. I'm going to leave the keys in the car. You know, if you're going to rob my car, rob my car. He's like, oh, no problem. Here, go upstairs. You know whether you got the apartment number? It's like, yeah. Go up. It was apartment in the fourth floor. It was four or something, four F. Go upstairs. Guy was sitting there. He was not exactly, he was not in very good health, which is probably the reason why he couldn't come to meet me. And I sat there. He made me a cup of coffee. I bought another five, $7,000 worth of gold off him. Paid him. Went downstairs. Tipped the guy that was watching my car and drove away. And it's like, and I was like, God, there's got to be a better way. Yeah. <laughs> there's got to be a better way. But those are the type of things, I mean, my wife flips out when I tell these stories because she's like, you know, you've got a death wish. There's something wrong with you. What's the matter with you? It's like, no, it's like, I just like the excitement, you know? I do like the excitement. Well, you yeah. can kind of tell also when you're on the phone with these people, like, like how- Like, are you dealing with somebody? Yeah, if they're, if they're acting sketchy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. so you kind okay. of, no, yeah. He sounded okay. Well, it becomes kind of second nature. <laughs> it's like second great. nature at this point. <laughs> yeah. You, you know that. I mean, we know that. You know, all the, like, I, I remember selling these apartments downtown in a new building uh, to a, a Russian guy mm -hmm. that I knew, like, when I met him, I'm like, oh man, this guy's going to be difficult to deal with. Yeah. I didn't think like dangerous. I just thought, like, mm -hmm. and he was, right? But it's the market was hot. Things were moving. He decides to go to contract on three apartments and then, but they don't close for two years because it's new construction towers, right? right? Over those two years, his business really changed for the worse. Mm. The market got softer and softer and softer. And if you're in contract and you had to close for millions of dollars and the business changed, people start to try to get out of contracts, mm -hmm. right? You saw that happen a lot in 2008. It happened on every deal in April 2020, right? New York's dead. Everything's over. And I remember going to the walkthrough and he was so upset. And he, I remember he pushed me up against the wall in nice. one of the apartments. No, one, he shut the door. So we were by ourselves. Right, he's super scary, very mean, very Russian. No offense, but like, there's a lot for me in that moment. Um, and he's like, "If you don't get me out of these contracts, I'm putting you under the bridge like I did Ivan, and I will never forget it." And the sales agent for the building was on the other side. She didn't come to help me. She didn't do anything. He left. I was like, like all blood drained out of my body, and and I was just like, I. Did you hear him? And she's like, I think I heard some of it. Like we have to figure out how to get him out. And um, thank God, some you know, I hate some attorneys sometimes, but there's an attorney named Adam Lightman Bailey, who who is a very, who's very very smart, very tough. And I took the deals to him, and I'm like, I I will f somehow figure out how to pay you back. You have to find a way to get this guy out of these contracts. Um, it's super important to me. Yes. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know how else to tell you this because I didn't want to make like I didn't want to make it a thing, you know. Like, mm -hmm. I, um, and he found like one line in the offering plan that he like cited back to 1962 <laughs> Attorney General nice. this 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 and threatened to go public with it. And the developer released all three contracts, and I'm still here to this day. Nice. And yeah. Ivan's not. Oh, I've been, I, I, I've been never made it from the beginning. And that's like, yeah, it's, it's crazy, crazy, oh crazy, God. crazy. That's a good one. What's the, what's the rarest watch you stumble? Like if someone brings something to you and you're like, shut up, that's, those don't exist anymore. I haven't seen one of those. He, he deals with more of those like rare parts. Like, yeah. So he can answer that question better than I can. Just recently. Which one? Just recently, a guy brought a dial to me. Oh, yeah. The guy, um, from, oh, okay. from Italy yeah, showed yeah. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, Buckley, I got to show you something. And I'm like, okay. You know, so he shows up and I was by Tony's and you weren't there. You guys were out shooting something or other. And he shows up, not that he would have wanted me to shoot this, but I took some pictures of it. 
And it was a very, a super rare, and it was right, um, Daytona dial from the 70s. Oh, wow. I mean, the watches, you know, together are probably, you know, over a million dollars. Oh, my and God. The loose dial would probably sell for more because somebody would take it and put it into their watch that's got provenance or whatever, I mean, that or that needs one. And it was just one of those things where you never know what's going to pop up on 47th Street. You so know? what happened with that dial? Did he, what do you want? He just wanted you to see he, it? No, and, like, he wanted it? to sell it. And he wanted more money than I could get for it. You know, he wanted over a million bucks for it. I thought it was worth it, but, yeah. you know, it was one of those deals where you can't really shop it. It's sure. got to be, you know. Super private. Super private. Yeah. You, you understand. And it's like, I told two people about it. They were like, could you send me pictures? I'm like, no. Can't send you pictures. I have the pictures here. If you want to show up at the booth, I will show you the pictures, but I cannot send them to you because I agreed that I would never send out the pictures. You got to be really careful with that stuff. In our business, if somebody shows me a watch, okay, and they say to me, you know, I want this deal just between us, you know, if I know where it's going, if I have a home for it, and I tell the guy, you know, a lot of times we don't, you know, want anybody to show pictures of stuff on the internet because it'll burn it for the real collectors. Yeah. You know, they want something fresh to market that no one's ever seen before. And you've got to abide by that. For someone who is just starting out within the watch community, you guys obviously have a preference for Rolex. What would you recommend as a good starter watch for someone to, you know, impress their clientele like the way we were talking about? A starter watch to wear or a starter watch for someone to get into the business and start selling? Well, for both. So for someone like me, a real estate agent in New York City, what's a good watch for me to start? And then for people who are looking to get into the business, what's a good first investment? Do you like steel or two-tone watches? Steel. Steel. So you get a nice 36 millimeter Datejust from the late 80s, early 90s. I think that'd be nice, right? Yeah. And Six. how much will that run you? 4000 to 5000 Okay. If it has papers. Okay. And then for someone who is starting to get into the industry... You have to obviously buy these products. So you yeah. have to have some capital to start off. Mm -hmm. What's a good starting point? You could start off with a thousand bucks and start buying tag hoyers. And, you know, we, we preach that on our channels. Uh, you know, if you have a higher budget and, you know, maybe you have $5,000 to spend or uh, $6,000 to spend, you can buy uh, a 1601 Datejust, which is a non-quick Datejust. It's a steel watch. And uh, you could probably buy them for 2800 to 3000 sell them for 3300 3400 And there you go. You just made profit. Yeah, see, he and I have a difference of opinion on this. Yeah. What's well, your thought? it's not a difference of opinion. It's just a preference. It's not, it, it's, he's young. Are you going to say, don't put all your eggs in one basket? No, 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 no. You, you know how, what I preach. I preach it's all about process. Okay. Yeah. We have a chat group that we charge people for. Okay. What's um, it called? Vukum Verified Chat Group. Yeah. Vukum Verified. Vukum Verified. Link is in the bio. No, how, can they, how can they join it? $19.99 a month. Yeah, 20 go. bucks um, a month. Cancel anytime. Cancel anytime. Price checks, legit checks. Buy, uh, trade. buy, sell, trade. Speak to guys like us all day long. And nice. where can we find that? In the link in bio. Where can't you find it? Would be yeah. better. <laughs> <It's> everywhere. <laughs> Vukum.com and in okay, our bios. But in any All event, our bios. People ask this all the time of me. And I say to them, I'm like, look, they're like, hey, I've got $5,000. I want to get into the watch business. I'm like, oh, here's what you do. You take $4,900 and give it to somebody and tell them not to give it to you. Take $100 <laughs> and go to a flea market like Mikorsky did, okay, and find a watch, okay? Oh, uh, I'm like, hold find on. Find a watch. Find a watch, buy it, and sell it and make a profit. Oh, but, you know, it's not a Rolex. It's like, it doesn't have to be. It could be anything that, try to find something that's running so that you don't get into that problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But if you're going to go out there 
and learn. You have to learn about the process. You're gonna buy something and then you've got to sell it. You'd be surprised. You'll buy something for $100, you'll sell it for $200 and you'll double sure. your money. You know, you go out there, like he just said, you'll buy a watch for three grand, you make $300 and then you sell it to some private and they'll be like, hey, it's not running. And then you got to service it for 600 bucks. If you care about your reputation. If you care about your reputation, which you Unless should. you're one of these fly by night guys that, you know, they just yeah. sell it and get rid of it. When somebody asks them uh, two days later, it's not running anymore. And they go, oh, I sold yeah. to you running. Right. That's exactly. just not how you do business. So how has your business changed since TikTok stardom? Cause you've um, been doing this a long, long time. You've been doing it a little while, yeah. right? Um, you started, I mean, really, like you said, you guys really started about a year ago, yeah. taking it seriously. Mm -hmm. And it's ramped up pretty quickly. It's now notoriety, right? Like mm -hmm. if, if I think about going and buying another watch, I don't know where else I would go. That's right? good. Because people, buy, same thing with real estate. Why do you think <laughs> yeah, I did a course. TV show for so long? Right. It's like, you We're know, omnipresent. Yeah, you want to be out there. So when people think luxury, when they like think watches, word. right? They think they think you now. Um, how how has it affected your business so far? It's twenty twenty three. Well, I don't get stuck with watches anymore. Like uh, if 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 I have a few watches and I can't sell them, I just post them on my on my Instagram story, and they sell almost immediately within really? usually forty five minutes to an hour. They'll all be sold. Yeah, so that's that's fun because okay. my business is all dealer to dealer transactions. Yeah, um, I I never really sold to the public kind of like Buckley does as well. But just recently, like I said, within the past year, I've been taking the watches that I that won't sell to dealers. I just post them on my Instagram and they'll always sell because the price is very close to what I charge dealers. Sure. So that's how it's affected me. I don't get stuck with stuff anymore. Got it. What about you? I, I mean, I've been trading online since the late 90s when the internet picked up. Yeah. And that's how I became popular and known in the business. Um, with regard to TikTok, I mean, I always use this comparison. I mean, before TikTok broke, I had maybe 3,000 followers on Instagram, okay? But my 3,000 followers were the best 3,000 followers that you could possibly find. Super quality. I, mean, yeah. I would post something, it would sell in five minutes or yeah. it wouldn't sell. And I just put it into rotation or I throw it in a box or whatever. Now with TikTok, it's we get a lot more of the random calls. It's like, hey, Buckley, can you source me this watch? Oh, yeah. And it's like, that's the reason why we started the chat. Group. Yeah, that, I forgot to mention that one too. Cause, cause when they call so me- a lot, a lot more buyers that are coming in. Oh, they're all over, but yeah, that's like for why a specific we started the chat watch. group. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then they could, they could join the chat group What are people too. looking for now? Like, what's the trend? Cause the watch market goes, and then it's like all over it, the place and it was super hot during COVID. Has it come yeah, down a little bit now? It's still, you know, it, it's a paper tiger. I call it. Paper tiger? It's not, yeah, it's not as strong as people want to think it is. Okay. You've got dealers who have money. Yep. Who will buy. Yep. Okay. If the price is right. Yep. And then you've got people who bought over the last year who are buried in stuff that yeah. they will never, and they all want to be dealers. Sure. They'll buy a watch and, hey, I'm going to flip this watch. And I get this all the time. It's like, hey, I bought this watch off so-and-so and, -so and um, I paid this much money for it. Can I get this much money? I'm like, well, you've got a problem because I could sell you this watch for, you know, 30% less than what you're asking me for. Yeah. Oh, so what do I do? I was like, go back to who you bought it from, you know, and ask him if he wants to buy it back. Oh no, they don't need it right now. They're, they're they've got, you know, <laughs> they've got plenty of inventory. I was like, welcome to the party. It's yeah. like, here you go. You know, this is why you don't go out there and, you know, buy watches on spec. You know, it's like, you don't go out there and buy, you know, units on spec. Yeah, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. Yeah you know, because the market shifts. And if you're not prepared to sit on stuff and or take a loss, 
you're you're in big trouble. But yeah. isn't there a slight difference in this market right now and that new product is so hard to come by due to ongoing supply constraints? Like if you go to Geneva today, like good luck, right? You walk into any store and like there's, like, you it, can, compared to three years ago. Just recently, I've heard lots of guys because I get reports all the time. You could walk into a Rolex dealership and buy like kind of like high, high, high ex expensive kind of like dog watches, we okay. call them. It's like a like white gold Samaritan. The blue bezel, uh, yeah. yeah like blue, blue bezel, bezel GMT. It's like, you can no, go in Samara, there. Right? I mean, what's That's that? It. The Blue Buzzle Submariner is a dog watch. Whatever they're calling them They have these stupid names for things. It's terrible. <laughs> and you can go in there and you could buy one of those from an mm -hmm. AD. I mean, yeah. one of the guys I know bought a, a white gold Daytona with a factory diamond dollar. He's like, oh, I paid 33,000 for it. I'm like, oh, I could have sold it to you for 29. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, okay, you know, these watches are so available. Now. Okay. And now dealers are starting to get some inventory. Somebody that's been in the business way longer than me, who I set up with on 47th Street for years, Danny, Danny Pasternak. And um, he said to me, he's like, do you really think that you're never gonna be able to walk into a Rolex dealership, an AD, an authorized dealer, and not be able to buy a Datejust for the rest of your life? It's not realistic. Yeah. You know, it's just not. And it's starting to loosen up a little bit. And Rolex, you know, they're a smart company. They'll raise the prices a little bit. And then all the gray market guys will start, you know, hoarding stuff. And that's basically what, what happens. But the real market, I mean, you know, it, it goes up and down and it's, it's a lot more volatile than, than you, you know, you'll see online. I mean, everybody wants to pump a good market. I love a down market yeah. and I'll just buy everything up and just sit on it because I have issues. Yeah. It's bad. <laughs> so we talked about watches having different types of names. Yeah, it's terrible. Well, you have a watch that's named after you, correct? Yeah, that's not terrible. That's, that's really <laughs> is, good. Before yeah. we wrap up, what is the story on that? I did it myself. Oh, okay. <laughs> and it, it just caught on? Yes. That's awesome. <laughs> that's I did it myself. I had a when fight. in doubt, do it yourself. Do it yourself. That's yes. it. Maybe we should make a building or something named it's, after people you. People do that. It's it's this building. This whole building is going to my saying. name all Isn't over it. Isn't that great? It's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. I wanted the billboard, though, and they said no. Yeah. Yeah, what's Dude, up I wanted that? the no. Do you, you know what? <laughs> we we got this building during COVID, um, and the billboard. Uh, they thought mistakenly um, that the billboard was was more valuable because everyone was saying that office and retail are dead, and mm -hmm. we were like, for now, um, these 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 deals are long term. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think it's fine. Like we're gonna yeah. be, everything's gonna be okay. I think it's great. You know, but there's no traffic. There's no police in the streets. Everything was when we did this. All the all the windows were still boarded from George mm -hmm. Floyd riots and all yep. that stuff. And so it was, uh, it was like a crazy, crazy, you know, it was a crazy time. 47th Street too. Yeah, no, oh, obviously, yeah, it's crazy. Our lease ended, okay? We had, we had, I've been on 47th Street for the better part of 15, 16 years set yeah. up yeah. in Booth. And our lease was set to end February 28th of 2020. Nice. And Danny and I, who set up together for years, we were like, eh, let's wait another month. All this stuff is going on with, you know, People are getting sick pandemic. in Italy. People are getting sick. France and this is weird, and yeah. And I went to Florida, it was his birthday in March, and we we didn't renew, which was a beautiful thing because it's very expensive over there. If you, I mean, we were renting a space probably from here to the plant, Yeah, this big, it was like eight grand a month. And- For like 80 square feet. Yeah, from here <laughs> to the plant, wow. not to the wall, to the plant. Yeah, yeah. And oh, out awesome. to here with a showcase that you had to like, you know. Yeah, it's crazy. Like in the restaurant business type deal, like you had to go back to back yeah. if you're gonna move Tables, around. everything. And 
we just said, you know what, let's wait. What the hell? There's going to be maybe more stuff opening up. Sure enough, the exchange was closed for the better part of, I don't know how long nobody came, yeah. you know, but for it was year. good because we started, you know, we started the dealer chat right around then in April of 2020. You Push know, hard he, online, everything. Yeah, he started, you know, stepping up in the business. The two of them started doing, you know, more stuff. And we just, you know, we I was always set up to work sure. online. And just, it was an easy transition for us. We had a very, very strong year, the year of COVID because everybody mm -hmm. in Europe couldn't get out of their house. Yeah, and they got know? bored. So they're and sitting they there buying watches they're all day buying long. stuff, you yeah. know? Yeah, it was insane. I, I always said, Except it was for like, real estate as long York. as FedEx yeah. is Pelotons. going, we're good. It, yeah, Pelotons. Your Pelotons and watches. <laughs> Pelotons and watches. watches. Yeah. How, how old are, you, are both of you guys? 22. 22. Mm -hmm. That was like perfect How old are you? Yeah, 23. I'm, I'm not the youngest. You You're time, older so. than them? Well, well this is no good one though. Would That's know. impressive. No one would know. <laughs> well, I probably look like I'm like 28, 29. Yeah, a little just bit. From, just by looking at me in the face. Where else would I look at you? <laughs> where, do you where would you want to look? I don't know. Do we end it there? <laughs> oh my God. Podcast's over. Oh my God. Uh, no, you guys are awesome. Thank you so much for being here. I mean, I could talk to you for, Thank you for forever. It's been us. super cool to watch everything. What's the significance of the, the sailboat tattoo? The sailboat tattoo? Uh, well, it's from my grandpa, but I kind of also just wanted a tattoo. So he liked nautical shit. So it's like, I'm going to get a sailboat. I have a whole leg sleeve too. I could start whipping that out. Oh, really? Yeah, the whole sleeve. Done. Really? Yeah. How'd you get a leg sleeve? <laughs> uh, we do jujitsu. Yeah. Um, and I felt, you know, inadequate around guys that were just better than us. So I was like, I'm going to get a leg he sleeve. He was convinced that a leg sleeve would make him better. And it did. It <laughs> did made it? me like this much better. That's do you enough. Have I'm not good, but no. like it made me better than I was. Yeah. So, but at least now, like when people see you, they're like, oh, well, he must gives be you the illusion. He must well, be a warrior. Yeah, no, exactly. They're yeah, like, Brent, oh, Brent, hello. I wouldn't mess it's with that optics. guy. And I'm it's like, an illusion. you can mess with me. Like, I don't mess with people with tattoos. Yeah, if they have a sleeve, all, any sleeves, anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm going to like start finishing up the arm and everything. Once you just I get like all the boats, mermaids, everything. I have everything. to recoup my loss from the house first. Yeah, then, you'll be good with the house. Then, yeah. Real estate, like you said. Never have a problem You're in a good spot. You're in a good spot. Congrats, everything. You know you should meet? Um, uh, you should meet, um, I should introduce you to, uh, Brent Montgomery. So Brent Montgomery created a show called Pawn Stars. Oh, and so okay. he runs Wheelhouse, um, oh, no which is huge. And so our, our first office as a company, cause I started the company in, uh, really the summer of 2020, I had to, uh, was like, where do we go? This place didn't exist yet. Trying to figure out what to do. Like everyone said, don't do it. And he has a townhouse in Tribeca called Wheelhouse. It's like one big clubhouse. And he was like, what do I, should I sell it? Is New York, anyone coming back? I'm like, you know what you could do? I could use it. I'm trying to figure out what to do. And so we were in this big content house, you know, and they've created like every reality show of all time at this point. But those are good guys for you, you guys to know as you think about like growing content, growing yeah. platform, like really like monetizing all that stuff. I mean, he is direct to all the streamers. Everyone has a massive LA base. That's like nice. a good something that we should put together so you guys can know them. Cool. cool. Sounds good. Yeah, Love me. it. Sick. We'll yeah. see you on TV. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah, and TikTok and everything. So thanks for coming through. We appreciate it. Thank you Thank so you much on. for Thank having you for us. Having yeah, us. yeah thanks pleasure. for watching another episode Wonderful. of Business of Influence starring me and this kid. See ya. Andy Claire. We like him. <laughs>